Hello and welcome to episode number five of the Performance Through Health podcast with me, Martin McFillamy. And it's nearly Christmas time. I hope you're all excited for your Christmas day tomorrow. It's currently Christmas Eve and um, I put out a bit of a, a question on my social media at Martin McFillamy to, to see if anyone had any ideas for content for this and my good friend Joseph Papworth who is uh, currently away working and uh, he's uh, duly missed over this Christmas period, um, said, look, you're a sleep and respiratory scientist. Why don't you talk about the the, uh, the benefits of having good sleep or versus the, uh, the the negative impacts of having poor sleep on health and performance? So I thought I'd go along with that today. Um, we'll see where we go. But essentially, you know, sleep is a... Um, it can be defined as a brain state or a, uh, a, um, a behavior or a process, really. And it's something that we have to go through every single day. And it, it's, uh, it's, uh, sleep is essential to every single physiological component in, in the body. And without sleep, within a matter of weeks, uh, you'd probably be dead. And you'd probably be going insane after you know, a few days of not, uh, not having sleep. And there's many reasons for that. And so if we were to start off... Um, at the top of the body, uh, if we were to look at, let's let, let's first describe what, what what good sleep versus poor sleep is. So, in the in the literature, generally, those who have more than six hours sleep, preferably seven to nine hours sleep, uh, are getting good sleep, but um, are good getting good amounts of sleep. However, it really depends on the quality of your sleep. So, if you're waking up quite frequently, and by frequently, I, you know, I'd say you're remembering that you're waking up more than. Um, four or five, six times a night, then you probably get poor sleep. Or if you're if you're having to get up, and go to the toilet quite often, you probably get poor quality sleep as well. But if you're waking up in the morning and you're not able to just um, get up with you once your alarm goes off, and you, you you have multiple alarms and that you struggle to get out of bed because you feel tired, not because you're lazy, but feel tired, then your sleep quality is probably poor. Now you can track to a certain extent using uh, things like Fitbits and. Uh, other trackable devices uh, of of your your, you know, your sleep quality, but then, you know, they're not that great. But they can be used to track throughout over a time period to see whether your sleep quality has improved. Now, when it comes to quality, um, we basically use a term called sleep efficiency. So, for the amount of time that you spend in bed, how much of that is that sleeping? And that's essentially what these um, these uh, tracking devices give us. They give us a, a level of sleep versus non-sleep, and it can be used to, to track it to see whether the changes that you make um, will improve your, your sleep quality. So the first thing I would always be looking at in terms of your sleep quality, if you want to improve your sleep quality, is making sure that you're being consistent. You know, our body does run off a, off a 24-hour clock that's run by the sun and light. Um, I did go through all this in my episode number uh, three where I did a lecture on on uh, sleep sciences so go back and have a listen to that to have a look over the uh, introduction to sleep science but this is going to be more focused on the impacts that they actually have if you have poor sleep so let's start off with the, with, you know, the top of the body and then we'll work our way way down so in terms of health if you're getting poor sleep quality over a long period of time the first thing that's going to happen is eventually you know, you're, you're going to end up with memory issues and that's because uh, during what we call stage free sleep uh, which is our deepest sleep our brain goes under a, uh, a process to essentially clear out all the toxic waste that has been built up through the day of wakefulness so wakefulness is 
um, uh, you know, after about 16, 17 hours of wakefulness, our ability, our cognitive performance is, is impaired and it's probably impaired to about similar to someone who's had a couple of drinks. And, you know, we're not, we're not allowed to drive um, after you've had a couple of drinks because of the risks that it does to your judgment when you're driving. Or it's even worse when you actually uh, you know, are tired at the wheel because at least with drink driving, you are going to still put the brakes on and you might you know, do that late. But if you're full asleep at the wheel, then you're not putting any brakes on at all. So those who actually fall asleep at the wheel have a, you know, a higher risk of actually death compared to those who actually just uh, uh, drink drive. So I wouldn't advise doing both. I wouldn't advise doing any. But um, um, yeah, so what actually happens is that we get this buildup of adenosine in the brain, um, and that basically slows down the neurons that connect within the prefrontal cortex uh, that allows us for executive functioning, recalling memory, and uh, you know, processes and information in front of us. So when, that, when we get to that point where we're at 16, 17 hours of wakefulness, we're, it's essentially we've got this lower level brain damage. And um, uh, if we don't get good sleep and we don't get restorative sleep uh, over uh, each night, that, that we get an accumulation of what's called beta amyloid plaques. Now, these beta amyloid plaques are the plaques that are associated with uh, increased risk of Alzheimer's, and they're uh, essentially um, you know, more, more likely to form around the parts of the brain that are associated with memory and function. So um, those who have poor sleep have an increased risk of having uh, memory issues or Alzheimer's and eventually dementia. Uh, to name a few, you've got Margaret Thatcher, um, so Winston Churchill. Um, uh, those two were both um, you know, prided themselves on only getting four hours sleep. They were all about, you know, go, 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 work, work, work. They were very uh, intelligent, smart people, but they both ended up having actually strokes, but both of them actually ended up getting uh, the dementia, uh, Alzheimer's disease, I believe also. So and that's in terms of the brain, in terms of health. Now, um, what about what about performance? So there's one particular, uh, you know, if we're to, to, to think about our ability to motivate ourselves, now our ability to continuously keep moving forward to, to, to reach the goals that we desire, we need to have a, um, a, a good level of, of serotonin and dopamine. Now, what poor sleep does is it actually changes the, the dopamine receptors within our brains. So dopamine is the, the, uh, the feel-good hormone. It's, it's uh, sorry, feel-good chemical. It's a chemical that's released when we achieve something that we plan out to do. And it's the chemical that we get uh, released into our brain when we get things like likes and uh, shares on our, on our Instagram. It's, the, it's, it's basically what causes addiction to, to things and what causes us to keep going back to things. Now, what happens when we... Um, when we have poor sleep is the, the actual dopamine receptors are, are, are altered so that the, the receptors themselves um, no longer uh, take up the dopamine in the, in, the, in the way that they should do when they're healthy. So what this does, it means that we need to get an increased amount of dopamine within our brain to get that same level of uh, sense of achievement if we would, if we were to, to have you know, healthy levels or healthy receptors. So what that means is that it, makes, it takes more um, you know, people who are addicted to drugs, they get further addicted into addictions, or gambling, they get more addicted into those sort of things. It takes more to stimulate those dopamine receptors. But it also alters that uh, receptor to so the point of also with dopamine as well, is that's also the, the risk-taking um, a neurochemical that's in it within our brain, so we're more likely to take um, uh, uh, risks that are uh, deemed um, safe to us when they're actually not. They're actually a high risk, so our ability to judge risks is uh, you know is impaired. So if you imagine uh, doctors, uh, the, the story with with, with doctors and, and you know, the well-known surgeons are well-known for going hours on end uh, with, without sleep and 
And there was a, a, a relatively high standard set back in, the, in America in the early days of med school. And that was because these doctors were actually again high on their, own, on their own supply of cocaine and they were actually working for hours on end when they were on cocaine. That kind of set the standard to, to what they now have to achieve to, to look as if they were you know, a high-level professional surgeon. But it's, uh, you, know, it's, 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 you wouldn't want a surgeon who has been uh, awake for 24 hours uh, take, taking a, a risky shot in some uh, brain surgery or on a surgery that's uh, it's going to be quite, quite detrimental if they get that wrong. And they're, they're probably going to get a bit more tight regulations in the, uh, the you know the amount of sleep that these these sort of medical professions have have now because this is uh, information that is just coming out in in the book while we sleep by a professor Matthew Walker who uh, are, you know I'd recommend if you're interested in sleep definitely recommend consuming some of his content and have a look at uh, some of the interviews that he does he's a he's a great talker and he's actually studied at the um, uh, in the same city that I did and you know, he's now moved on to to Harvard yeah I'll be there one day um, uh, okay so what what about performance now. I've already discussed that your cognitive ability is impaired. Now, for me, high performance means that you're, you're in, in, a, in a given situation is that you're able to recall or take an action as immediate as possible with the appropriate response. So if you're um, getting judgment that's impaired or you know, you're, you're getting a judgment that's not quite um, appropriate to what, it, to what it should be, your, your, your ability to actually be aware of that is also um, uh, impaired. Now, having a lack of sleep, sleep is essentially the... Um, uh, the, the balancing act for a stressful day. So the stress causes uh, sympathetic nervous activity and uh, uh, release of things like cortisol and uh, catecholamines such as uh, 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 adrenaline um, and or epinephrine wherever you are in, in, in the world. Now what sleep does is it actually balances that out and that promotes parasympathetic nervous system. So um, parasympathetic nervous activity. And um, parasympathetic nervous activity, that is actually what is uh you know is, is essential for rest and recovery and for uh, nutrition nutrition nutrient absorption um but it's also um it's 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 a stimulation of the vagus nerve now the vagus nerve is what's sensing um uh, our our what we call proprioception and interoception so it's a sensing where our body is in space but also how the physiological state of our body is also so essentially um, interoception can be linked to our emotional state emotional awareness and our uh, awareness of self now if you've got a lack of sleep and you're overstressed and you do that chronically you're actually going to develop a lack in emotional awareness a lack in bodily awareness and a lack in um in the awareness of self so people become uh, a bit delusional to, to who they actually are and they, and this often happens in people who are very hyper uh, hyper conscious uh, conscientious um, individuals who just can't s- stop working they often just work themselves until they're deaf because they just don't realize that their body's falling apart psychologically they don't realize that they're falling apart and that's because their vagus nerve has a reduced uh, vagal tone and um, they, they, you know, essentially, their brain is just not getting the signals back to from the, from their body back to their brain to say, "Hold on a second, you need to slow down," because there, there's just no override system to the point where, they, they, because of the lack of sleep and the, the high stress level, the body just can't take that anymore. Um, so, if we're you know to move on and go a little bit lower into into the body now, if you to go and think about cardiac function and uh, how, how sleep affects your your cardiac function, obviously. Uh, the heart is, a, is essential for keeping blood and oxygen going around the, uh, around the bodies and keeping keeping us alive. Now, if you were to have um, a low levels of sleep because of this sympathetic activity within within the within the body, we get um, you know a lot of inflammation. We get um, a lot of um, all these uh, catecholamines released. Uh, a lot of all these 
a high stress signals release and what that does is that actually uh, impairs the over, over the long term it impairs the, the the heart and it actually causes what's called atherosclerosis um, because of this uh, release of these stress hormones we actually get uh, what we what we call an increase in um, you know, gluconeogenesis or glucogenesis so we get releases of blood sugars into the body and over time that can cause uh, increases in, in, in lipids and uh, increases in uh, fat accumulation within within our arteries and, and cause uh, atherosclerosis which then can result in cardiovascular disease such as strokes heart attacks um, and uh, you know even trans uh, TIAs which are kind of like mini strokes um, so if you know if you also if you're not getting that recovery so you're not you're getting that seven to nine hours sleep you are going to be uh, you know, impaired your cardiac health or increase your risk of you about fourfold increased risk of having some cardiovascular events compared to someone who has uh, seven to nine hours sleep when you when you don't sleep. So you know, that also, because of the increases in, in, the, in the blood sugars as well and, and the decreases in, 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 uh, in, in sleep, now what actually happens during sleep is that we actually get an increase in uh, glucose uptake within the brain during REM sleep. So when we lack sleep, we actually uh, have higher levels of uh, blood glucose, which over over time desensitizes to the receptors that uh, can can uh, lead to you know, pull, pulling glucose into into the into the body, into the muscles via insulin, and that actually leads to um, hypo, hypoglycemia and uh, eventually can can lead to metabolic damage and, and type two diabetes. But if you're not able to pull the uh, the you know, blood into the, to the muscle properly, so you say for example. You're doing some high intensity exercise. You're you're utilizing a lot of uh, muscle glycogen. Uh, your ability to actually uh, re- recover from that and actually take up that blood glucose back into the into the muscles uh, as as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible is significantly impaired when you only have six six hours sleep compared to having um, you know, seven to nine hours sleep. And that's going to reduce your uh, your ability to actually then work out the following day so yeah, if you're an if you're an individual who uh, is, is competitive uh, you know you're an athlete who who trains four five six times a week and you know if you're a professional athlete who trains even 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 more than that then you, you that lack of sleep is not only going to you know, make you feel tired and lethargic and you know, make you demotivated because these changes in your your brain chemistry you're also going to get the changes within your in your um uh, within within your body and your ability to actually transfer glucose in, into the muscles and actually uh, recover from exercise as, as fast as possible and that's the idea when it comes to to high professional sports is that you your ability to to recover as fast as possible and get back out again train as hard as you can again it's the difference between you know being a you know a high performer and being someone who is going to be at high risk of injury and and having having issues with uh, lethargy and, and and fatigue and and being prone to injury all the time. So, sleep is crucial for that. Um, it does also uh, affect our our appetite. So, that we've got two main hormones within the body that control our appetite. So we've got ghrelin, ghrelin which is an, a, a hormone that actually increases uh, hunger, and then we've got leptin, which actually is a it plays a many roles. One of the roles it plays is is a satiety hormone, which actually makes us feel full. So, those who have uh, poor quality sleep or, or you know uh, lacking sleep and duration have increases in ghrelin hormones and a decrease in leptin hormones, and this actually makes people uh, you know consume high sugary foods and have a, you know, a, a an appetite that is so increased, and that can lead to excessive weight gain, and can also lead to um, uh, issues with uh, with metabolism and issues with the transference of 
of um, of sugars into into the, into the into the body, and also it can kind of lead to issues with uh, fat, fat oxidation as well. So, um, you know that that is also going to going to affect your performance. Um, not only are you slowing down uh, mentally and physically, your ability to actually recover is is significantly impaired as well from this lack of sleep. Um, uh, things like uh, skill acquisition, so during REM sleep, we have um, uh, what, what, what REM sleep is typically is, is used, um, the tool of, or the, the role of REM sleep, not only is, is, is in, in, in regulating emotions, it's also uh, has a role in, in, um, in formation of memories as well. So particularly uh, dreams, dreams are kind of the, the unconscious mind passing into the conscious mind. So it's uh, passing information into our body in a, in a way that we can we can process information and store that in the long term. Now, say you're you're an athlete and you've got a particular skill to learn. Let's say you're um, uh, something that's, that's that's highly skilled. That's that's to say you're you um, you know you're a, you're you're an Olympian in a, in a heptathlon and you've got to, you've got to learn some skill. You've got to learn a lot of skills. You, you know, say you're a strong man who who it's not only about um, lifting as heavy as you can, but it's also about technique or your, your Olympic weightlifter or even a powerlifter to that certain extent. You, you, you've got to learn, you've got to be able to learn a technique as, as fast as possible, especially when you're starting out. Now, if you've only got six hours sleep and you've got a lack of REM sleep, your ability to actually memorize these, um, you know, these movement patterns that you've got, to, you've got to learn and you've got to make autonomic, uh, it's just significantly impaired because it's just uh, that, that pattern of the information is, is, is got to be passed through down into the nervous system and the, the sleep is what basically allows that to happen. Now, if you've got you know, only six hours sleep or your sleep is poor quality, then that's uh, you know, you're actually not going to be able to process information as fast as possible, and that's going to be a bit of a disadvantage compared to other athletes that are out there as well. So, we've got a um, uh, there are a few a few bits there to do with uh, sleep and performance and, and and how that can impact your health. Um, it was only a bit of a quick one today, but I wanted to get a bit more content out because uh, I just wanted to record one for Christmas. I hope everyone out there has a great Christmas and all the, to all the people that are listening, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, the, the podcast so far. Um, coming up, I'm going to be discussing some uh, some more information about, uh, and, I'll be, and also I'll be doing a bit more research into it, taking my time with it and planning it a bit more out now. And I'm going to eventually be trying to get a bit of an introduction to the, to the podcast as well. But um, um, coming up is, is basically going to be training for specific, specific performance and like mind, mindset for specific, specific um, performance, and that just be uh, you know, looking at macro, uh, macro cycles and micro cycles and specific cycles to to tailor to your to your sport and what you would need to do. You know, so I'm quite excited about talking about that stuff. Um, and then I, I'm actually going to do a, a bit of it about leadership as well. So I'm currently on a what's called a, a fast track leadership program at my my work with um, uh, Scott O'Hare from from a Czech sided uh, company. It was a business developed company, and uh, it's been it's been it's been absolutely amazing over this last last once a month over the last year. And one of the uh, recent uh, things we did was uh, all different leadership styles, and I've got a few cards here that I want to go through and just discuss the different different uh, leadership styles, and we'll, we'll go through those in, in, in one of the next episodes. But once again, thanks for listening. It's only been a short, brief one today, and I hope you got some information for that. And uh, shout out to all the guys listening. Thank you.